Hi, guys. Happy Thursday. This is Pop Culture Mondays on Thursdays, and I am your host, Brooke Hammerling. Pop Culture Mondays on Thursdays. Well, here we are. It's another Thursday. I am coming to you from London, England, which I have to say, despite all of its crazy politics stuff, which we're actually going to get to. It's a much more civilized place than America. And I'm not going to have a guest today just because there are a lot of time zones. And I'm, as I've said, I think here before, I'm not really great with logistics and trying to like, I'm actually really good with logistics, like one-on-one. But when you add another layer to that, like somebody else's schedule, and then another layer on that, which is add my producer schedule and then three different time zones. And I just go into a panic and I I take a lot of gummies and I just pretend that it's all going to fix itself. And so it did, because here I am just talking to you, just jamming out. And I'm looking at David, which is always nice and fun for me. So back to it, guys. We have no guests. I just wanted to talk a little bit about something that came up in the pod last week. I thought was so interesting with the gorgeous and dashing and my future Barry Diller, George Hahn. Where he said, you know, I I started to apologize in a way like I know this isn't pop culture talking about government stuff. And we are generally Donald Trump free in the newsletter. And that's for people's sanity, not because he's not like literally the epitome of a pop culture sort of icon, bad or good he is. But I was saying last week in the pod, I was like, you know, and we're talking again about the the January 6th hearings. And, you know, I, I was using social media as the form of pop culture is why I thought of it as pop culture, because I was finding it all coming out and memes and so forth across the different social channels. And George made such a point. He's like, no, this is pop culture, Brooke. Like, you know this, this we are living in a pop culture world. Politics, everything is seeped into the pop. It, in, it is pop culture. It's not. It's it's not divided. And it made me think about when I first started my career in the 90s in tech PR, it was a very specific category. There was technology. You were either worked in tech or you worked in fashion or you worked in media or you worked in sports or you worked in finance or you worked in politics. And now it's tech is everything. Tech is, it's almost hard to say, oh, I work in tech. Like everything is tech. Like all of those different categories sort of bleed into it. And I think the same goes for the sort of terminology of pop culture. Pop culture isn't just the things you'll see on TMZ or Daily Mail or, you know, those gossip demois sites and things like that. Pop culture is all around us in bad things, in good things, in politics, in fashion, in sports, in media. In religion, I mean, it is literally in everything. So I thought it was a really important point that George made last week. And and I also need to learn as a woman to stop apologizing for things that I have no control over, like the January 6th hearings. I'm sorry we're talking about it, but it was actually relevant. And so that brings us to today. It's just another abysmal week with guns. I think the statistic was like there were 370 mass shootings in this past year. Like, it's absurd. You feel like there's no way there could be more because we hear about one a week, but there's multiple. It's a it's an interesting thing how they determine what a mass shooting is and what makes the news and what doesn't. We can all sort of understand that, I think, read between the lines on that one. But this one, this is another horrible one. You know, there's a story out about the parents that were killed that 
the toddler was found thankfully alive, but I don't know. I the toddler was old enough to ask where his parents were. So the trauma that that child is going to have forever is as somebody who I had my parents died when I was young, not as a toddler, but I was 22. It lives with you. It shapes you. It's um, that child's destiny now is forever changed. And it's such a shocking thing. And we're here and we're watching this unfold, um, you know, in whatever channel we're getting about this kid and the kid being a Trump fan and this kid having this obsession with the numbers four and seven. And that's what July 4th is numerically seven, four. And then he actually killed seven people on the fourth and he has a tattoo of seven, four on his face and he has the number painted on his car. Like there's so many things that said like his family's now saying there were no signs like what I don't know unless you're post Malone you're not putting tattoos on your face and you're not buying weapons and you're not spray painting military figures on your parents house and you're not going to Trump rallies dressed as where is Waldo so the signs were there and there's just more to be done. And, and obviously everybody says that about the guns and there's more to be done about education. I, I don't know. It's just, it's a terrible time, but maybe, maybe there's just going to be at some point, somebody on the right is going to realize that they need to do the right thing and stand up and, and have a voice and things can change. But I also saw a statistic when, assault guns assault I guess it was assault weapons were banned during the Clinton years like the actual gun violence went down like 40 percent or something crazy something good something like logical and then when the Republicans let that ban expire something like gun violence shot up 200 plus percent. So, I mean, we have the data. It's obvious. But another thing that we have to celebrate in America on our birthday or Independence Day was the lack of independence that women are, you know, not celebrating this year. So the 4th of July was weird for me, I have to say. Uh, Being in England, I was at the most beautiful wedding this past weekend in the English countryside that made it, it just makes you feel like you're in another world and everything's going to be okay, despite all of the stuff happening around you. And so many people were like, how are you? How are you? I don't know if you guys are getting that from your friends outside of the country, but it's really, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's an awakening, but they make jokes like, well, our country's not doing so great either, but man, what the fuck is happening in America? And so to be in the UK on the 4th of July, not the first time I've been here on the 4th, but it was a very, I think, good move for me just to escape it because I don't think I could have celebrated. I don't think I could have done like, Oh, yay. Fireworks, barbecue. I'm no hate on those of you who did. I think it's great. But for me personally, and it was really cool. I put it in the newsletter to see some people really, you know, post their viewpoints. And the meme that went around the most was just an image. It was a pink background and black lettering. And it went pretty far and wide across the socials. And it says, 4th of July has been canceled due to a shortage of independence. Sincerely, comma, women. So I thought that was, that says it all. And everybody else added to that, you know, in their own way. Some people like Padma Lakshmi made a cake that said separate church and state. I don't know if the cake's going to have any impact, but 
it's really important to have a voice, whether you're a man or a woman, identify however you want. The fact is that women, women are lesser citizens than men at this moment in time in America. So we need to change it. We need to rally the troops. We need to get out there and vote on the local level. We need to get out there and vote on the national level. We have to volunteer. We have to have a voice come together and it shouldn't just be women. Like, I don't know, guys, it just, it's all of us. So that is my rant on that. Another thing in pop culture, though, completely separate, that is so much fun, is this whole Minions. I don't know if any of you guys yet have seen Minions, The Rise of Gru, but this movie, I think, is surpassed now Top Gun. It's taken over the number one spot. It record-breaking numbers. I think it was, I mean, at least earlier this week, it was $125 million and counting, and I think that was just in the U.S., I'm not a movie person, so I don't count me as a media person talking about fucking numbers. Those are there are a million newsletters that you can go and get that shit from or uh, Deadline or Hollywood Reporter. But Minion Madness is happening. And the reason I know this was not even because of anything that I saw online. I first started noticing it when I was in London and there were all these groups of I saw three groups of young boys. I'm really bad with kids ages, but I think they were like somewhere between 20. 12 and 15 years old, three different sets of them in three different parts of town over two days wearing suits and jackets in the middle of the day. But like they were having fun. And it was somebody that pointed out to me like, oh, those are the minion kids. And I was like, what are you talking about? And so then I went on TikTok and I saw there is this trend happening where people are getting dressed up, mostly young men, I'd say like middle school, high school, college guys, but some women, but dressing up in suits and jackets, that's the key. And they go and they all get dressed up for this because that's a character in it. And then they get really rowdy in the movie. So it's one thing if you're like two or three of you and you might not do it, but when you go with a mass group, you sort of feed off of the crowd. So they all like make big sounds around certain characters or when a character says something disrupting everybody else in the theater. So some theater owners have actually banned these mobs of kids coming in suits and sunglasses. I think it's sort of amazing that this trend has captured the minds of kids in multiple countries. This is not just happening in England. This is happening in all throughout Europe. This is happening in America. This is happening in like the Middle East. Like it is, it's all over the place. And they are being credited with some of this like massive numbers. And this is all, I mean, this lived and breathed on TikTok. There is nothing else. Like maybe kids were sharing it on Snap, but this trend came fast and hard on TikTok. And I think the people behind the movie are probably really psyched about it. Even, you know, bad press is good press, right? So uh, the bad press being that theater owners are uh, frustrated and theater goers who are not part of the mobs are pissed off because they just want to sit and watch their movie. I will not be going to see this movie in a movie theater. I am waiting for Thor. I am so obsessed with being able to see Thor and I don't care about any of the other characters, but Natalie Portman. It seems like everybody famous is here in England. There is the F1 stuff, which I talk about too. I don't know if any of you guys have seen a Formula One race, but more and more and more and more important than you know, almost any sport on a growth trajectory is uh, Formula One in terms of it was just a European thing that I 
no Americans didn't think about as much. And now it is, I mean, not just a European thing. It was everywhere in the world, except in America, in terms of being, people didn't know who Lewis Hamilton was a few years ago. Now it is pretty much everywhere. And we're going to have F1 in Las Vegas, which is exciting. It's in Austin now. And there was a bit of a controversy, a big controversy in that world, which is a father of a competitor of Lewis Hamilton's. I think it was Portuguese or sorry, Brazilian, um, but they speak Portuguese in Brazil. So I don't know if they are actually Portuguese. I don't know how that works. Do you know how that works, David? I don't know how that works. But a father of one of the competitors in referred to, I guess, Lewis and his son had a little bit of an altercation on the in their cars. And maybe there was an accident. I don't remember. But the father in talking about that referred to Lewis Hamilton in a very derogatory term in Portuguese that was considered very racist. And I mean, I don't think considered I, I, I understand it to be racist. And uh, it went it was something that he had said actually months and months ago, but it was on a Portuguese radio station and it didn't get a lot of attention, but it is now out. These things have a way of coming to life on their own months or years later. And um, the world reacted and it's find it so interesting because like there is so much racism. Like you go to these football games, uh, as they say, not American football, but European football. And there is so much racism in these European countries. And yet they are all obsessed with soccer. And there are quite a number of non-white players on these soccer teams. But so I don't understand how they can love this game and root for their team, but then be racist at the same time. But they are. And, you know, you're seeing it in all of these fucking sports. And you would think that in 2022, but then again, you would think that we would not be losing our rights and that the climate would be a priority. Um, so it just feels like we're all going backwards. But Lewis Hamilton... Uh, handled it with with grace and he put social a statement out on Twitter and you know I think he just wants to move on and and do the best that he can in his sport but his tweet was it's more than language these archaic mindsets need to change and have no place in our sport I've been surrounded by these attitudes and targeted my whole life there has been plenty of time to learn time has come for action so I think that was a very beautiful statement, but he also had a, a tweet. He retweeted somebody's tweet. He said, imagine to this person who said, what if Lewis Hamilton just tweeted, who the fuck is Nelson Piquet? I can't pronounce the name. That's the father. And then closed Twitter, you know, sort of a mic drop moment. But for as many terrible people, there's 10 times as many wonderful people who are coming around and supporting Lewis Hamilton. And um, like I said, the F1 races were here in England and my boyfriend Tom Cruise was there. And I say boyfriend because somebody did ask me after I have literally talked about how much I loved him in Top Gun and how for the first time in my life, I have a crush on Tom Cruise, even though I've grown up with him. And then I was at the premiere of Top Gun. And then we were in some other places apparently around the same time. And then incidentally, we were both at the same hotel this weekend in the English countryside. I was there for a wedding and he was there for his star studded 60th birthday. I just want to put rumors to rest that as of right now, Tom and I are not an item. I'm not saying it's never going to happen. 
you know, I don't think that I am young enough or skinny enough or famous enough for Tom Cruise or brunette enough. I think that's maybe even the key, the biggest thing there. But you never know, just throwing it out there. It is a big time in the UK. And and with that, I think, you know, back to the top of this pod where I talked about what George Hahn said about politics, being in London at this very moment as Boris is maybe once and for all, I mean, maybe by the time this pod is out, he's done. I mean, it's it's like minute by minute. People are standing on the streets of London with their phones and they're, they're listening to the live sort of stream of what's happening. I mean, Parliament is just fun. Like it is so much more compelling to watch these guys rip each other apart and just sit there so politely while somebody's calling them a Z-list dog. Like that's literally what happened today. And they have to sit there and take it and even clap or they I mean and they grunt and they yell and what a pathetic spectacle exactly. the, the, the dying act of his political career is to parrot that nonsense yep. and as for those who are left only in office because no one else is prepared to debase themselves any longer the charge of the lightweight brigade <laughs> have some self-respect Mr. Speaker it's all so civilized, but yet dark, like no name calling happens in, in America. It, it, they save that for Twitter, but they don't do it in the, the capital. And maybe we should. Maybe we just I think a parliamentary system is is more at least just more entertaining. Let's just call it what it is. But the government seemingly is falling apart. I think you guys should like read up on Boris Johnson. I mean, he's a really, really repugnant character. I just, I, there's movies about him, literally like shows now that are out that are based on his character, but there were movies and shows based on the type of character he was for years and years, long before he was known because he's a literal cliche. Did you say all the sex pests are supporting me or words to that effect? Uh, People attribute all sorts of uh, things to me. Uh, I, I, I don't remember saying those words, but people ascribe all sorts of things to me. That sounds like a yes to me. Okay. Uh, all right. Did you say pincher by name, pincher by nature? I, I'm not going to get into some uh, trivializing discussion of what I may or, or may not have said. Uh, this is a uh, a serious matter. The, yes. The, 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 the... He is an overly indulged, entitled upper class kid who goes wherever the popular world will take him and has no belief system apparently in anything. So we'll, meaning he's easily swayed to whatever is going to get him the power and control he wants. For a week, he's had them defending his decision to promote a sexual predator. Every day, the lines he's forced them to take have been untrue. Yeah. Yeah. First, that he was unaware of any allegation untrue. Then he was unaware of any specific allegation. Untrue. Then he was unaware of any serious specific allegation. And now he wants them to go out and say that he simply forgot that his whip was a sexual predator. Anyone with anything about them would be long gone from his front bench. In the middle of a crisis, doesn't the country deserve better yes. than a Z-list cast of nodding dogs? Yeah. He lies. He cheats. He 
lies and cheats and lies and cheats. I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable, but we have had it and nothing has happened so far to our former leader, but we'll see at least in this case, they might boot him out. Now I can't understand English uh, politics. I was talking to my friend last night at dinner where she's English born and raised London bred. And she's like, I don't understand. Like I, the election is supposed to be in 2024, but now they're like, Oh, it might be in November. Like they just can pull elections together for, you know, like, Oh, it's Brexit. Like we've just decided you just, you're like, we didn't see that coming. When did that get scheduled? You know, we as Americans do have that set, like elections don't change. Like it's that day. Now we might not elect a president in a day, but we know that every four years we're going to have an election. And in England, it seems to be up for grabs, but it seems that this might be a real, a real meaningful end to Boris, but he has like 84 lives. So who's to say, but it is fun to be in London and see everybody just sort of riveted. This is like their Love Island, their extension to Love Island, which by the way, I don't talk about in my newsletter because I, I'm not a Love Island person. And I understand that billions of people are Love Island people. I understand that my friends leave dinners or events or don't travel because they want to watch Love Island when it's on. I understand this show is like live, like several days a week. And you guys, you have it. I can't, I don't talk about it because I know that, that I will be addicted and I won't have a life after that. So I'm not here to talk about Love Island, but I am here to say that the people in London right now who you normally are riveted to Love Island are now riveted by what's happening with their government. And if I am here at the fall of Boris Johnson, if I'm actually here when he is removed from office or resigns or whatever, I will. It'll be like a historic thing. I will be very delighted by that. Okay, so that is really all I wanted to talk about. There is so much. I really hope you guys interact with me. So please, please, please send me a tweet. I'm at Brooke and um, or on Instagram. I'm at Brooke and DM me and I really do respond. And I am off next week. We are not having a newsletter or a pod next week because I am going to be working with my dear friends who have an organization called Choose Love, which will be in the of this. So check it out. And they work with refugees, refugees of all different shapes and sizes. So obviously Ukraine is is a whole thing they're working with, but then also, you know, what's happening in Greece with refugees from Syria or Afghanistan or parts of the world that most of others don't want. It's really different experiences. I want to go and see it with my own eyes and also see how I can help and shine a light if I can. So I want to shout out to Josie Naughton, the founder and head of Choose Love, who will be traveling with me taking me to see all of the things that she and her amazing team have been doing um, the last few years. So with that, I will do a merry make out and mute. So I have been thinking about this all of seven seconds. So forgive me if I am a little scattershot here, but is that a word scattershot? I feel like I'm speaking like in, you know, old English now. I actually remember my my Chaucer. One that the preel the shower souked, the draught of March have passed to the root. I could literally recite Chaucer for the next 20 minutes if you guys signed up for that podcast. But my make out would have to be Lewis Hamilton. 
I find him very compelling. There's some very funny TikToks that if you guys check out, we'll put in the liner notes. There's a funny TikTok of a Gordon Ramsay's daughter who seemingly has like is very taken very taken with Lewis Hamilton and the the jokes are like dad's never bringing her back to F1 like she was eating him up like he was like he was candy I was here for it so I definitely would make out with him I obviously am going to marry Tom Cruise come at me don't I don't care that's what's going to happen and then obviously I'm muting Boris Johnson and I hope he gets muted I hope he is done he probably won't be but a girl can dream So guys, I will see you not this week, but the following week, whatever date that is. um, I think that's the 21st of July. Until then, stay cool, have fun, stay pop culture icons, and I'll catch you on the other side. Pop culture.